This one is exciting for me. Yeah, it's exciting for me. Meeting a new person. That's right. Indulging, learning, reflecting. This is Brian Kalinowski. Yes. He joined us in 2004 and, you know, he was with us. I don't remember a time he wasn't with us. Yeah. Um, He's been with us every year since. There's been some times where he's been on the road and he hasn't been. Because with... he's famous. He's legend. <laughs> he, you know what? To us, he is. Yeah. And to us, he is. And he always has a special place here at the music band. Uh, his, his vest and apron is, uh, his vest is there and his apron is there. His black apron and the vest are waiting for him to be back. So uh, we enjoyed our time with Brian today. I know that you will. And so sit back and relax and enjoy Brian Kalinowski. All right, definitely. Cue the music. Kalinowski, welcome, Brian. Yay! Thank you. (laughs) This is is very exciting for me um, because, and I'm going to speak like Brian's not even with us right now. I'm going to speak to Liz. Um, Brian is one of my best friends, and he, he actually... I actually refer to Brian so much because he came to us in our second year. And a lot of what we have become and I've become is based on the foundation that he and I built together, you know, 20 years ago. I mean, yeah, it's, it's really like two, genera- two generations meeting each other, you know? Yeah. Right now. Yeah. So like a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the things that we do, the way we train, the way I try to nurture um, our performers, he was the guinea pig. I mean, yeah. he was the one who gave me that feedback. Oh, maybe we should think about doing this more. <laughs> um, so, Brian, welcome. Well, that's thank- the cool thing about the music. Thank you. Yeah. I was going to say, that's the cool thing about the music, man. It's always evolving just to get better and better each year to kind of like you take you know what you've learned from the previous year and apply it to the the year and you're always changing it and and making it better which is great because that's important for businesses well that's my that's my hope um and brian has heard this more than once um every year i come into a summer going this is my best cast ever Mm -hmm. yeah and um and and it's only been true once it's right (laughs) that's right it's only been true once that's right I don't know what year, but there was at some point, it's got to be the best, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, Brian, uh, I know so many people that are listening right now know and love you. And um, I just want to quickly go back and you give a little bio of yourself on, you know, where you're from, you know, um, your yeah. family, the school you went to. Um, and then I'll ask the last My question. life story. Your, your life story <laughs> in, in the nutshell. <clears throat> All right. So... I grew up in Wilmington, Delaware, and I went to St. Elizabeth grade school and high school. And uh, going through all that time, I, I was not really into sports. I was trying to figure out where I kind of fit and what I was good at. And theater came along and I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. So I started doing uh not regional, uh, community theater, um, because my school didn't have a whole lot of theater. And then I was like, what am I going to do, go to college for? And it was 
theater. I said, all right, well, why don't I do that? So I went to DeSales University. At the time, it was called Allentown College. And that is where um, I became very best friends with Natalie Dickinson, yes. who one day came along and said, I just sent a tape into this place, this singing ice cream shop on the <gasps> Jersey Shore. And they're looking for guys. Do you want to come with me to the callback? Oh and I goodness. said, sure. And then Natalie and I drove from Allentown, Pennsylvania to Lavalette, New Jersey. And uh, we auditioned together with Aggie and Josephine. They showed us around the shop and the house and they uh, did little interviews and auditions and the rest is history. The rest is no, history. Uh, so we, we got hired in 2004 at the Music Man and I returned to the Music Man every summer after that. 2004, 2005, 2006, 2007. I did full summers then, and then after that, I think I came in like halfway through the summer replacing people or just at, toward the end of the summers sometimes. And I did that probably until 2009 mm -hmm. uh, when I got Edna Turnblad and Hairspray for Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas. Yeah. And then I went away for kind of pretty much two years to do that. Um, and then I came back and after a couple years, I came back to the Music Man and we did some stuff at Medley's down in Seaside. Right. We did um, a summer on LBI. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And then I've done a bunch of other regional theater. And right now I'm currently on the national tour, soon to be international I tour know. of Chicago the Musical. Amazing. That's so exciting. Oh my gosh. Tell, I don't, let's not wait. Tell everyone where you're going internationally so uh coming up in a month we are leaving to go to korea to south korea for 15 weeks we're going to do 11 weeks in seoul and then two week, weeks in pusan and two weeks in daegu and then we fly back to the united states and do two weeks in north carolina which is just equally as exciting <laughs> as korea. yes well that is so exciting uh and we're so proud of you and that you're going to hear that over and over again. Yeah. Um, well, but you know, thank you for that. Tell us about what was your first, um, your first theater memory. I mean, you, you started doing theater in, in grade school. Um, tell me what your earliest memory was. Um, so when I was in kindergarten, we did the pageant, the Christmas pageant, and they only gave away three people who had speaking lines and they were the innkeepers and their line was, there's no room in the inn. <laughs> and I was picked as one of the three people to say the line, there's no room in the inn. And I had this door that I opened that was like hung around my neck that was a, a fake door. So that was my first line ever that I was given. Okay. Would you, can you give us the line? <laughs> so cute. Can you give us the line again, please? <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> hold on, let me. Mm, ah, okay. There's no room in the inn. Wow, breathtaking. That was fantastic. That was so, so good. That's, that's how it all started. You know what I felt? And then I was Joseph and the other Christmas pageant after that. Sorry, what did you feel? I, 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 I felt that there was no room at the inn. Yeah, there wasn't. Yeah, you're right. There was <laughs> no room. Yeah, poor Mary and Joseph. They had to go out back and find some kind of nature or something. Oh, my God. Oh, barn. Man indulging i'm listening i'm i'm just happy to be here I'm today so, so happy that you're here <laughs> really you know am. we've never met but we're all already so connected because we have this connection of the music man yes well, look, look, oh, that's we so both lovely. know what it's like to be working on the floor at the music man oh and it, how crazy shop. it is yeah, it, it is a for all intents and purposes a, 
uh, a brotherhood of man, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Which I used, which I love. We used to do that song. Yeah, and you know, there's um, just recently, um, you know, you worked in work. You still work, uh, even though you're on the road. Um, for tell the establishment in New York City that you've been at for years. That oh, so, yeah. so I have been working at the uh, Don't Tell Mamas um, piano bar on Restaurant Merlin, New York. Yeah, and oh, cool. the other day, um, you know, somebody reached out and said, "Hey, mm -hmm. um, I have you know, there's they're looking for people at Don't Tell Mamas," and right away I said, "Oh, we need to put you in touch with Brian." And yeah. it there there's was no. There was no hesitation, you know, obviously I, you know, reached out to you and said, yeah. you know, so-and-so wants to, you know, uh, wants to talk to you about this. And you were like, certainly. So there is, even though you're not in each other's casts, you know, there's still a network of people. Mm -hmm. Oh, totally, totally. And that's, you know, there are definitely people who have worked with the music band before, you know, if they're connected with this kind of network or that network, they're always even if we never worked together personally, um, I, you know, I know if you approve of them that they're good people. Well, you know, thank so you. I, of course, recommend them. And uh, of course, it's all about networking. And uh, somebody even just messaged me the other day, non-related to anything theater, you know, something having to do with my family. I'm always wanting to help people and be like, yes, this, yeah, let me connect you with this person who has, you know, who has this ability to help you. I always definitely want to, yes. I think networking is so important. It is so important, uh, and I thank you, I thank you for that. Um, tell us what you learned, what you felt you learned in your first season that you brought back to school because you were still in college when you were a freshman. No, I had graduated. Oh, you did. So how my old were you yeah. when you joined? So my first year at the Music Man was two thousand and four, and that was right when I graduated college. Oh, so okay. yeah, that was my last year. So I came into the Music Man saying, I'm going to save up money this summer so that I can move to New York. Okay. So I did the summer at the Music Man and, you know, it was great and amazing. And like, it's such a learning experience and you're trying to cram all of this information and learning into a summer, which is so fast, right? right. Um, and it's just a very intense experience. And so you're trying to get everything out of it. Luckily, I was able to get a lot out of that first summer and and catch it all as much as I could. Then I went back, I went to New York and moved there and had a year experience there, which was ups and downs as it always is. I mean, you know, it's just crazy to move to New York from college. Uh, and then I went back to the Music Man for my second year and I did our opening night. I remember the second summer I was there and uh, Irene, Josephine's mother, came up to me after the show, and she was just it, with tears in her eyes, and she was like, you have completely changed as a performer. You now, like, I, I just, we just was able to reflect on everything that we did in that intense summer for that first year that I was in New York, and like, apply it all, right? Right. right. So I applied everything that I learned, and I learned it through watching the first year toward the end of the, the summer that first year, watching you and Fran Prisco and Doug Chattel and Maury King, who all came back toward the end of the summer to kind of fill in for people who were going back to college. Right. Um, they filled in and I was like, ah, oh, this is what it looks like. This is how, this is comedy and this is timing and this is right. what the shop is like and this is what Cabaret is like and this is how 
off the cuff you can be. Uh, and I just learned watching in those last like three weeks of the summer, I learned so much. Um, so I was able to come back and apply all of that in the second summer and kind of let loose and let, you know, my flag fly and be like, oh, okay. And you just, I just learned so much. So uh, yes, I was a different performer from year one to year two, for yeah, sure. And, and then even year three and four and on. Well, I mean, and that's the, you know, to tell people, you know, you're going to learn so much in the summer. You don't know what you don't know. And you get yeah. through that, you get through that first summer and you have the whole year, like Brian said, to reflect on the opportunity and then yeah. bring it all back. And we've tried, we've tried to bring back people in the beginning of the season um, to kind of train. We've done that mm -hmm. many times and it still kind of doesn't work because there's no frame of reference. The performer themselves have, has to be in those shoes and has to feel what the audience is feeling. And if they have no frame of reference, you guys make it look so easy. And right. Yeah. And then you're trying to like copy what they did, which I, yeah. I mean, I sometimes did with Fran and Doug, but you, I think also maybe it was an age thing. Maybe it was a, like, I got out of college and I did a summer there and then I went to New York and I learned about myself right. too. And I kind of like, becoming more and more this person comfortable with, with myself and comfortable being in front of an audience without a script yeah. and trusting that I could be funny um, off the cuff and that I wouldn't mess up. And if I did mess up and I did say something stupid or that didn't land or that wasn't funny, that that was okay and I could move on right. and find something else, somewhere else to go with whatever we were doing. And that was like a huge lesson about improv and cabaret and you know having such an intimate audience that like it's okay if it's not funny because i used to say this as a music man i would say every like two out of 11 jokes that i would say were funny and would land and would be like keepers right and uh, olivia would say oh yeah right maybe like one out of every 10 <laughs> right. Uh, but you know, and that's okay because I had to get through all of those ones that didn't land to get to the really funny ones, right. you know, right. And, and you learn why they're not funny and why they didn't work. And you're like, oh, well then this would probably work or this timing, you right. know, and that's what acting is all about. Like, that's like such a huge lesson in whether you're doing improv or musical theater or straight plays or whatever. And it's, it's all about sharing too that stage and mm -hmm. allowing the performer, if I'm working next to Brian, um, allowing him to have his moment and just feed his moment and yeah. just, you know, take a step aside and, and really not even a step aside, just assisting you. Um, yeah. and what's really interesting and fun for me is how different, um, you are when you're, when Kate's in the room. You know, when Kate's in, when, when Kate Holloway is with us and it's the three of us on stage, it's none of us are trying to fight for the spotlight, but I'm, I just, I just stand aside and watch both of you. Um, well, that's also the magic too. It's like you find the right people who have the right connection and you're kind of like, oh, well, this is like, you know, like lightning, you right. know, or like magic. It's great. It's amazing. I mean, my first year, we, 
kid in the kitchen. We were like, don't call on us. We're nervous. We don't, we would, you know, and then Aggie would be like, come stand next to me while I'm doing the monologue. And I have people to bounce off of. And he would bounce off. And sometimes he would try to bounce something off you and you'd be a deer in headlights and be like, I, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't want to mess up. Or I don't want, but then if you just like stand there and have a conversation and it's fair, I mean, it was great. So yeah. And then you add Kate along or like Olivia or, you know, you put somebody else in, in the mix and it's like, oh, this is like, right easy it's so much easier because you have all these people who are very funny and to bounce things off of and it is just amazing yeah and and by you being able to um watch doug chattel and fran prisco with me who were my you know right hand men for many years um you kind of just fell into that and um Mm -hmm. i i love having all of you on the floor it's it's so much easier for me because I don't have to come up with the material. I could just, you know, set you guys yeah. up and you guys can run with it. So, um, yeah, you you, I'm so thrilled that my mother-in-law Irene said what she said about you. That I didn't realize that she said that. I always felt that. I always felt that you were a totally different person, um, your first and second year and 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 beyond. Um, I remember you in your first year but I really remember you in your second year. And um, so I'm so happy that she said that. And, you know, sometimes it takes us a little bit more time and we need to reflect on, you know, our, our times on the stage, even in roles. I know I've had this situation, you know, I, I've done a role and I've been in it and you run it for a period of time and then the show closes. And then three months later, you're like, Oh man, I missed an opportunity. I wish I could (laughs) do it again. Yeah. So that was, I got that with Chicago. So we did, I was on the tour in 2020 and we did 15 performances and then the world shut down. Right. Mm -hmm. So I got to come back and go into a complete other, like five weeks of rehearsals with the director and the choreographer already knowing the show, already knowing the choreography, already knowing the track. So I was like, Oh, we can delve so much deeper now into this character. And I get another shot at it. And now I feel like it's even, I feel so much more solid in, and now I've I've done it for like 200 some times. So obviously, you know, I know the part, but uh, I I just connect and I understand so much more about the character than I did in 2020. And there's so many careers out there that people would find that, um, you know, drudgery, that you're doing the same thing every night. People, people say to me all the time, like, don't you get bored about what you're doing? I'm like, no, it, it's so exciting to be able to, you know, put, put a bad performance behind me and go, okay, I'm going to do this better. Or I'm going to inflect this differently. Or, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm ever in this situation again, I'm never going to stick my foot in it that way. Um, yeah, well, and for some, I mean, you're doing the same thing, yes, but it's not the same thing. It's not the same show. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, even in a scripted show, right, you're going out there and like, I feel like there are shows sometimes in Chicago where I have a good show or I have a not so great show. Um, or there are some like, yeah, my act one was great. My act two was not whatever, uh, right. you know. But same with the music man. It's like, and that's the magic too about the music man because you did like five or six shows a night, right? So you're going out there. And you have another shot in an hour right. to do that, you know, or like an announcement. You come up with this great announcement and you're like, ah, this is going to be funny. And I'm going to take this Sunday out there and this is going to be the joke. And then the joke doesn't really land and you figure out why it doesn't land. And you're like, oh, it's because I worded it wrong. 
or you know or you didn't take the shaka breath. khan is shaka khan is a funnier word right yeah so uh so that's what rupaul always says that shaka khan is always a great punchline <laughs> because it has consonants many consonants hard consonants so uh you know and you could try it again in an hour right right i i love that and i love that you were able to capture that and uh you know keep building on on you know the, the building blocks of what makes this place so special and you know a lot of people still come in and they're like we come in all the time and we've never seen the same show twice and you know i'm like well that's great i'm, I'm so happy i mean there are there are times i'll go up to customers and i'm gonna go like hey was that was that any good like were, were we okay and they're like it was fantastic and i'm like and they don't think i'm lying to them or i'm trying to pull you know mm -hmm. a compliment i'm not trying to pull a compliment i'm trying to say oh i wish that went better right yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, also i have to say just aside from the performance aspect of it a lot of the stuff that i learned at the music man too as the years progressed i was given more and more responsibility off stage and that i learned a lot too so i got the stage experience and the performance stuff but i also learned like how to manage people and how uh, to change a grease trap and how <laughs> to or how to clean a grease trap how to you know close out a cash register how to do all of these like excel i learned a lot about it. excel spreadsheets i learned you know i mean the list could go on and right. on and on uh, the, one of the biggest things that you taught me um was because i was like oh god you handled this really rough situation so well how did you do it and you said well what you what i focus on is gathering as much information as i possibly can so right you're you're confronted with something that's like pretty you know stressful or whatever and you're just trying to gather as much information and that's what always sometimes like in, in a managerial sense i would stop myself and be like okay you're just trying to gather information right, right. now gather information gather information and then you can decide once you feel like you have enough information on how to proceed with it right yeah and and, and so many times we're and i don't do this you know 100 percent of the time but so many times you rush no. to judgment on a situation mm -hmm. and you know, sometimes you have to make decisions quickly. And, and I laugh, you know, Josephine and I, we go through this daily. And there have been times where someone will walk into my office and ask me a question. And I'll answer the question. And, and as soon as the words are out of my mouth and they turn the corner to go back out into the fudge shop and go into the shop, I, I turn to Josephine and go, well, that was the wrong decision. <laughs> like that fast. <laughs> That fast because I, you know I thought about it for a split second. I gave them an answer which I really truly believed in <laughs> at the moment the words came out of my mouth. But as soon as they walked out, I went, "Oh, that was the wrong decision." And yeah. sure enough, you know it was the wrong decision. And sometimes you 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 can't change. You you, it's, you gave someone a you gave someone a directive, <laughs> go for it. And you know I you know I don't want anyone to fall on their face, and I don't want anyone yeah. to, you know you know. I would never give somebody advice that I thought was going to hurt them. Yeah. Um, most of the but time, it's like, like being on the stage. It's yeah. like you get another chance to do it. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, um, tell, tell me the story on how, I mean, you have so many, uh, we, we, you and I created so many parody characters together. Um, and tell me what you remember. And I, I'll share with you if you want to remember, um, how we came up with Art uh, Edith and Archie. Okay. 
first of all, my memory is so bad. So <laughs> let me try to reach way back there. And, uh, and, and so I don't remember who said, let's do this, but I remember your mother being there and we, I remember watching the, uh, the thing on, on YouTube or whatever of Edith and Archie and being like, oh, we should do that. That's funny. And I remember rehearsing it. We like, you like printed out the lyrics and you got, you recorded the, the you, you had the recording of the music and then you were like, let's go into the shop and do this. And we stood there in the shop and we're like, yeah. And then, and, and you were like, and my mother has a house coat that you could wear or, right. you know, one of the things. And we, we were laugh we thought it was so funny. And I, you know, now, I just you, remember standing in the front of the shop laughing. Do you remember, <clears throat> do you, have a, a vivid memory growing up of Edith and Archie? Yeah, I mean, we watched okay. it. It was on TV, definitely. And my dad watched it. Uh, so it was on, and I was interested in it. Didn't know why I was interested. And now I'm older, and I watch it all the time on YouTube, and I'm like, this is brilliant. Yeah, this is. is comedy. This is so, I mean, it's uh, topical even right. now. It's just, it's so well-written and so well-done. And yeah, so I remember back then... Uh, my dad thought that he, that our Archie Bunker was so funny. Yeah. He also loved um, Al Bundy, right? You yeah. know that kind of like character. It, he just got such a kick out of it. So yeah, I, it was it was on a lot. Yeah. So my my memory of that was we were we were struggling at that time to create characters. Um, it was very different our schedule back then because we had children's story time that we had to do. Mm -hmm. We did an improv story time each week um, of Cinderella or Beauty and the Beast or any of the, the classics and we would just kind of take music that we already knew and kind of force fit it into Cinderella, <laughs> you know, or force fit mm -hmm. it into uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Um, yeah. And, you know, this one particular time, it was, you know, Brian and I used to, we, we were late night people. Oh, yeah. We were late night I people. I still am. <laughs> so we would we would go get something to eat, and then we would come into the shop and, and ju just try to work on bits. And that particular night, um, I think I, you know, poked you or squeezed your butt or something. And you went, yeah. oh, Aggie, you know. <laughs> and I was oh, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And I was like, that is Edith Bunker. Mm -hmm. That's it. And, and it kind of grew from that. And then, you know, you were talking more and more like this character. And then we kind of, you know, put it on its feet. And in the beginning, you know, we were really being, I don't want to say conservative. That has the wrong term nowadays. But yeah. We, yeah. We, were, we were very careful about, um, you know, putting you in a wig um, yeah, you we were keeping it very kid friendly all the time, right. which it still is kid friendly, right? It but is like, kid friendly. It definitely is kid friendly. Yeah. But we were, we were taking it from a standpoint that you know we were singing songs that were um, cut out for that particular performer, um, mm -hmm. and then when we started doing um, Edith and Archie more, uh, we the audience was really taking to it. And that yeah, brought, that, and that's another thing of like how you start it versus how you you know you learn what's funny about it and why people are connecting with it and like what doesn't work, you know, and it worked. It worked. And, it worked. And then <laughs> and, and then we moved into Sunny and Cher, 
and we did yeah. the Sonny and Cher bit, and you did Annie. We re- did a rewrite to, uh, you know, Tomorrow. Um, and I remember how Annie came about. There was a bridal shower that right. came in private party, and she loved Annie. Yes. And they were like, can you please do something with Annie? Can you do Annie songs, right? And I guess her family was like, please do Annie. And so Aggie was like, Brian, you're going to work this bridal party, What this private party. What if you put on a wig and you were Annie? And yeah. I was like, yep, got yeah. it. We wrote this parody lyric. Yes. And the the line at the yeah, the line at the end was not what the line ended up being when we did it in the shop. Yeah, but yeah, it, it was it really took on its own life, um, and Annie became this um, character that we for for a couple years. I'm not going to say a lot of years, but a couple years, it was a number that people expected to see when they came in. And it got to the point where you did it so much that we kind of stopped doing it. It was like kind of Cher. There was one particular night, Cher. I remember the first night we we brought Cher out. And, yeah. you know, I, I had seen you in rehearsal and we worked in, in rehearsal quite a bit. And then um, I watched the audience because I was really concerned about how the audience was going to take to... Um, a six foot man with a big long black wig on acting like Cher. Um, so I watched them carefully and they just loved it. And we did it so much. And then I just remember one particular night years later, um, we introduced Cher and she came out and we both, after the number, we both were in the kitchen and we were like, I think it's done. Like, yeah, it was just it wasn't it wasn't funny anymore. It was just, you know, it was a parody and it was um, it, there was no humor there anymore. Yeah. So it was it just got like silly and like not. Yeah, I don't know. what I don't know what changed yeah, about it, but it changed it and changed. It, it ran its course. And, yeah. it, you know, yeah. That it happened. stopped being as funny because at first it was really funny. It was funny. <laughs> now you, um, I, I remember the night vividly when you got uh, Edna and Hairspray for Royal Caribbean. Um, you had gotten it. You weren't with us at that point when you were auditioning right. for that. And um, Brian you, you actually called and, um, you know, during the night and I was able to get the microphone on stage and, <laughs> He was able to tell that that particular audience that he got it, and uh, yeah. it was it was more of a, a joy for us. You know, there are moments that where we are a little indulgent, and we <laughs> we did, we wanted to enjoy uh, Brian's moment. But you had said something, I, and I'm putting you on the spot. You may not remember this, but tell us about your audition process for Edna. For Hairspray, you know, it was an open call, this huge open call for Royal Caribbean. And I was like, it was one of those, like, I woke up in the morning and I'm not a morning person. And I woke up in the morning and I'm like, oh God, do I even go to this audition? There's going to be hundreds of people there and it's, I'm, there's no way I'm going to get it. And I was trying to talk myself out of going and going back to sleep. Didn't do that, thank God. Um, got up, went to this huge audition, um, tons of people and got a call back and I had gone in for the tour, I guess for Edna before this and never, I was young, I was like 28 or 29. And so 
they called me back and I went in for this and it was at New World Stages and it was they were videoing everything and all this and uh it was we were in the theater that the bubble show the gazillion bubble show was at the yeah. time and so the floor was slippery like walking up to the stage they had us do the the callback on the stage and then we did another callback somewhere and I remember like one of the Tracys from Broadway or something an understudy on Broadway. She was like reading with me. It was so exciting. And I was also so young to be going in for Edna. And then I don't really remember, but I was like, I guess I heard nothing for a while. And it was, I had done the final call back and waited and waited and waited. And then they called me and I was, I, it was a Friday and I was going into work at a bar. I was working at a bar down in Midtown or downtown. And I was like, well, it's Friday at six o'clock. I guess they're not calling somebody else probably got it I know you know I didn't get it and I went in and I started my shift and I was waiting you know tables or whatever and my phone rang and I left and they called me and I was like and they it, I didn't I don't think I took the call right away they left me a message saying that they were offering me the part and then I called them back and they read I, while I was at work I was standing outside and they read me my contract over the phone and it was you know it was so great. I had to ask the guy to hold on for a second so that I could compose myself and stop crying. Because yeah. I was so, I mean, it was a dream role for me, right? Right. Like, I was uh, so, and to be playing it that young, and I was just so happy. You yeah. know, it was very exciting. I don't know if that's the part that you were trying to no, get to, no, but I, I that did. was my experience. No, no, your experience, and in, in, because we were part of, we were part of your audition process because we were friends. And um, you had done it for so you were auditioning so long and, Mm -hmm. you know, we were part of that, meaning that we were pulling for you and you kept at it and it didn't come easy and it was a role that you were meant to play. You're meant to play it again. Um, You're not done playing that role. Hopefully you get to do it again. Um, And it just was so exciting for us to be part of that experience with you. And we were so, so thrilled that you got that. Um, So, so great. Yeah. I was like waiting and waiting and waiting with like clenched fists. I was like, I have to get this. I I, I need it. I, you know, it was, it's it's hard. That whole aspect of of being an actor is so hard. And, you know, you try to make it not hard or you try to say that it's not hard, but it's hard. It's hard to like, get so attached to wanting to play a part and then like you go to all these callbacks and, you, and you're like uh, well now I just wait and I, if I don't hear anything or if I happen to see that they've gone into rehearsals and didn't call me then I guess I didn't get it yeah. uh it, you know it's it's not easy it's and not yeah, easy. everybody deals with it in different ways right but. and the the way the way we love that you deal with it is that you keep coming back to us and 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 yeah. perform with us and and you know fill in those gaps along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is there something that you, I mean, you spoke about so many things that you pulled from this experience, but, you know, you have a, a young cast of people that are coming in, literally following your footsteps. Um, you know, we, we look at your, your picture every day on the wall, and you are still part of us. And what, what do you... What would you like to say to the people that are joining the cast now and moving into this experience this summer? Um, I would say, you know, try to get as much as you can out of it. Also, listen, it's not for everybody. 
it's not, not everybody's going to have the same experiences I had or the same experience that Olivia had or the, uh, everybody's experience is different. But try to take from it what you can get out of it and like just try to grab hold of as much information and also have fun. Right. We, I think the reason I was so successful in doing stuff at the Music Man, at, you know, and becoming a quote unquote legend and all that kind of thing is because I had so much fun. I loved the people that I was working with. Uh, sometimes I didn't love them at the moment, but you know, we right. had such a great relationship and we were playful and we had fun and it's hard work. And if you can turn working really hard into also having a lot of fun at the same time, that's what is gonna make you successful at learning all of these things and at, at you know, taking the mo getting the most out of the experience. And if you're having a rough day or a rough week or a rough time or whatever, you know, talk about it and let people know. But like, you know, just, uh, you still have to make sure you're having fun. Right. In, uh, uh, obviously have fun outside of work, but like when you're in the shop, make the most of it and, you know, try to keep putting stuff out there and creating characters and, and being creative and trying new music and new songs and new, you know, when you, it, it, during the day, get together and go into the shop and rehearse new songs, get a partner and try to get a new duet going or something. Always try to be, you know, creating new stuff. Fantastic. Some of the things yeah. will stick. They will. They will. Uh, you know, you're on this tour, you've done over two or, uh, 200 uh, performances so far. Uh, quickly talk about um, your vocal health and uh, staying positive. Yeah, I'm not the right person to talk about with vocal health. Let me tell you, I did Edith. If you've heard Edith, Edith and Archie Bunker, you know that I was doing that sometimes four times a week, and I was just like screaming. And so now I have vocal cords of steel. Nothing's gonna take these babies down. Yeah. Knock on wood. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Vocal health, if you're uncomfortable or in pain or any of that, you've got to say something to someone. Um, but I'm trying, I don't know that I'm really the most vocally healthy person. I just happen to not have an issue. I think that like, and I don't know how I did that. I, I, my body just doesn't, you know, I can usually sing through sickness which you can too, mm -hmm. you're usually good at that, but you also know your body enough to know when you cannot, right. right? So that's a good thing to know too. You have to really be in touch with your body and know I'm not gonna have these notes because this is how sick I am. Or I do, I'm, I feel sick or whatever, but I can sing through it and I and I'm just need to warm up more, right? right. right. Um, I do warm up on tour vocally, we, but because we, we have to, we have a, mandatory warm-up every day so that's good because that makes me warm up um but a lot of times i warm up throughout the day and i'm talking anyway so sure. you know that that warms me. and i don't really have a hard vocal track in the show at all i think like the highest note i think is like a g right so um but at the music man uh i don't even think i would warm up then that's terrible to say but you know, if you need to, you should know your body. If you need to right. warm up and you know you need to warm up, then warm up. If you know the other person that doesn't need it and you're gonna vocally fatigue from over warming up, then don't. 
then right. let your warm up be coming into the shop and talking and uh, you know shouting over people is also hard. So mm -hmm. you have to find a way if you're bad, at, not bad at, but if your voice fatigues from shouting the announcements, then you know that a lot of your announcements need to be short or they need to be structured in a way that is going to get everyone's attention and make sure that everyone is silent before you start talking. Right. Um, and that's hard to do and to control it all the time, but know that those are what you're going to try to be going for. Yes. Those kind of announcements and those kinds of songs. Right. Know that what kinds of songs that are good for your voice and don't try to sing outside of your range, which I tried to do many times and I learned the hard way, right. you know, uh, well, that just doesn't sound good. So just change the key. Right. You know, exactly. Exactly. Well, we're, we're finishing up, but the, the, there's one last question before we get into the sprinkling of questions. Mm -hmm. uh, we do a, a thing mm -hmm. on our podcast that we sprinkle you with questions. Um, but is there one particular memory that you have of your time here that you reflect on quite a bit? Um, one part of it that I... I mean, it's really the, the group of people that I was with in like 2007. We're all still so tight. Me and Calvin and Kate and Olivia and Rachel and Allie and Aaron. You know, we all have this connection still that's just like so. And Carolyn, sorry. Uh, so those connections with those people are what, and with you and with Josephine and with your families. Um, and with other people that weren't necessarily there in that year or two period of time, but like all of these connections, Jacqueline and Sean, these friendships that I will carry with me through my entire life, um, who I can call at a moment's notice, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm in Point Pleasant, New Jersey, I'm coming to your house. You know, that right. those kind of relationships, those are what I remember and the laughing. We laughed so hard when we were at the Music yeah. Man, whether we were on stage or hanging out after work, we laughed to the point where we peed our pants. I mean, literally. Yeah. And that is so, those are memories that I will cherish forever and ever and ever. I mean, just the laughter. And that's what the Music Man is all about, right? It's about bringing people in and laughing together. And somebody asked me quite some time ago, because I always refer to 2006, and it's 2007 as well. I always refer to that cast as, you know, my favorite, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Or the best cast I've ever had. Um, although um, it changed last year, um, because last year's group was pretty spectacular. Um, but, you know not even playing favorites anymore. I mean, I, all, yeah. every, every, every year is really special to Josephine and I. But some people have always asked me, like, what makes a cast wonderful? And, you know, I, I pondered that a lot. And really what it comes down to is that they love one another, that they respect mm -hmm. and love one another. Respect is the big word because, as you mentioned in your time today, there were times where we got on each other's nerves and we screamed and we had issues. Oh my God, we fought. We, we were, fought. yeah. We yeah. fought, but at the end, we always came back to one another and respected one another uh, for who they were. And we went, no, we have too much history here that we just can't walk away. And, um, you know, and that's what makes it so special. Um, yeah. All right, with that said, um, can we just sprinkle you with some questions right now? 
Go ahead and right. sprinkle away. The hard-hitting question. That's right, Liz. Um, Liz, you're gonna you're gonna take this on today. Okay. All right. Liz has some questions that she really <laughs> needs to know. All right, I'm ready. All right. The first question: What sound or noise do you love? Are these like the inside the actor's studio they questions? Could be. There's, some of them oh are my there. God. Some of them All are right, there. Well, and I know my favorite one's not going to be there. <laughs> anyway, um, we can, my, we can bleep sound you. or noise. We can bleep you. If you want me to ask your question, I will you ask it. Please do. Please ask it. <laughs> um, okay, so my the, the sound or noise I love uh, laughter, people laughing one. until like uncontrollably. Flat or sparkling? Flat or sparkling? Water, flat. Okay. Nice. He's perfect. <laughs> I already love you more. <laughs> um, if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, pizza. Oh, that's a good yeah. one. I like yeah. that one because then you can change it. Yeah, okay. Mm hmm. I always yeah. pick something that you can like change a little bit so you don't get tired of it. Yeah. Really, for me, it's all about anything with cheese and bread. I'm <laughs> that there. Too. That cheese too. plus bread. That, and then just dip it in so much ranch. I really thought you were going to say, yeah. I, I thought you were going to say Wendy's Taco Bell because that's really just. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy's Wawa Taco Bell. After the Music Man, we would get done work and we would all be starving and our eyes were bigger than our stomachs. And we would go, okay, where are we going to eat? And we would literally stop at Wendy's, Taco Bell, and Wawa, and then drive back to the Music Man. Because some people wanted Wendy's, or some people wanted a taco, but they also wanted a uh, big junior bacon cheeseburger. Yeah. And a nice Dr. Pepper to wash it all down. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, God. oh my goodness. Um, what song always gets you on the dance floor? Oh, what song gets me on the dance floor? Um, I don't know. Zoot Suit Riot. Wow. The, I don't, that just popped into my head. Absolute. I don't Let's know Let's go why. with that. Yeah. That's retro right there. Wow. I know. I, there, I'm sure that there are others, but that, for some reason that popped into my head. So, come on, Eileen. I like, come on, Eileen. That's a good one. That's a good one, too. Yeah. All right. We're going to have to bleep you because I know it's coming. Um, Brian Kalinowski, what's your favorite curse word? We're probably not going to use this. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> okay, great. It is good. All right. Good. Uh, Who would play you in the movie of your life? I mean, it's not age appropriate, but Nathan Lane. Oh, yeah. That would be good. <clears throat> yeah. Be or good. I could play him in the story of his life. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Liz. The Let's go. This is your final question. Oh, I don't like that it's the final question. I don't like final <laughs> This one's so much fun. Sad. This last question, we do a finish the lyric. So I'm going to give you one word, and then you're just going to go on with a song. Okay. Right. Your one word is like. Like. Like a fish plucked from the ocean, tossed into a foreign stream. Always knew that I was different, often fled into a dream. <laughs> if I sing too much of the song, you can't use it because of copyright. That's right. Well, thank <laughs> you so much. I know you're busy, and I know you wanted to sleep in today. And I thank you so much for taking the time.
Now, tell us, when are you in North Carolina after uh, Korea? Okay, so actually, right now I'm in Johnson City, Tennessee, and we are going from here to Pembroke, North Carolina, and then we're going to Durham, North Carolina for this weekend. And then I'm going to North Korea for 15 weeks, and we will be, I know that we're done in North Carolina September 25th, so the two weeks prior to that, we will be in North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, we are going to definitely Zoom with you at some point uh, during yes. the summer. And, you know, sadly, we're not going to see you this summer, but we're going to be with you when you're in South Korea. Um, yes, I would love that. I, you know, we can do a little FaceTime all the way from South Korea. Right. I'll be there all summer. <laughs> but good luck. Have a great summer. Well, Have an thank amazing, Thank you so amazing much. Summer. And I, I hope that it, it's wonderful. I'm so proud I made it through this hole without an ugly cry. Um, <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So stay well and, you know, we'll be texting. And uh, absolutely, we'll talk soon. Love you, man. All right, love you. Right. Oh, bye. 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 Well, there he is. There he is. It's so great, isn't it? It is great. I think it was just wonderful for me. He speaks so passionate, passionately about everything that he has done, and like even hearing when he was talking about his first line ever, I was like, that is the cutest story. Right. And I feel like emotional, like I've known him for years. He just has this way of talking. <laughs> yeah. And that is what's so genuine about him. And that comes through to everybody that's here. Yeah. Um, the audience that's here. Um, that's how come he has, you know, he has a fan club here. I am part of the fan club now. Yeah. Thank and you. he is, uh, he makes me feel good. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm so happy when he, I get so excited when he comes and he's going to be with me uh, on the floor. Um, and even when we're, we're just together and, yeah. in, you know, for the different events, the weddings, all the weddings we're going to and the christenings we're going to and um, all the, the things that bring us together. It's so excited to, exciting to catch up. And it's like no time passes when we speak. Yeah. yeah, that's the best kind of friendships. Oh, so great. Well, that was amazing. That was Brian Kalinowski um, yeah. from Tennessee today. Yeah. Tomorrow, who knows where he's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's what we have for today. And uh, thanks so much for listening in. And I guess this is the time where I have to say goodbye. Yeah, bye. Uh, bye, Liz. This podcast has been brought to you by the Music Man Singing Ice Cream Shop. Email us at bsa at themusicman.com. Ask us questions. We're excited. We are so excited. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.